This morning, I'm going to uh, be sharing from the Word of God, and I titled this message, The War of Words. The War of Words. Now, since you've been sitting laughing at me, now stand up. We got to go to our favorite scripture. And that's Isaiah 50, verse 4. And I want you to say it like you really mean it. And you really mean it, okay? Say it because it's very important. Let's go. The Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned, that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as the learned. The Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. Amen? Amen. That's so important. Until God opens your ear, you can never hear. Until He opens your ear, it's hard to hear Him. And when you really hear from God, when God truly speaks to you, and you hear His voice, you have the power to obey. It's when you don't really hear Him, or somebody is talking through somebody else to you, that's when it's really hard to obey His voice. But when you hear His voice, Jesus said, My sheep hear my voice, and they follow me. Once you hear, you will follow. So today, we're going to be talking about the war of words. Father, I just want to thank you that you will speak to us today from your word. In Jesus' name, amen. The Bible is clear that from the very beginning, everything that you see and the things that you can't see all came from words. The word of God, words, was before everything. And God gave us that lesson from the very beginning. Words matter. God said and then it was. And then if you read in Hebrews chapter 1, it said God is holding everything that's in the universe through the word of his power. God's not sitting down and saying, wow, we've got to support the earth so that it won't drop. His word is holding everything together, including your life. It's God's word that's holding everything together. And we are made in his image. So your words matter. You were made in His likeness. So your words matter. Your words are very, very important. Now, Revelation tells us, And they overcame Him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimonies. No bombs. No spears. I don't believe that they were handling the blood of Jesus and saying the blood. They were saying something about the blood and the word of their testimony. That's how you overcome. The world that we are in is the world of words. Your words determine your destiny. The sum of your word is what I see right now before me. The words that you have been speaking over your life. The words that people have spoken over your life, that's who I see right there. You cannot get away from words.
Everything is out of words. It comes through words. Your words determine your destiny. Your words determine your, the outcome of, for your life. Whether in positive or negative outcome, all depends on the words that you speak and the words that have been spoken over your life. The words that people are saying over you, they will determine the outcome of your life. Words are very important. Words are very important. Jesus said, you can't hear my words because you are not from him. If you are from him, you hear my words. So you got to hear his words. And this is what he told us. In Matthew chapter 12, verse 36 and 37, he says, But I say to you that every idle word men may speak, they will give account of it in the day of judgment. Your words matter. You will give account of your words on the day of judgment. God's going to hold you accountable for your word. Why? Because your word is doing something. You think it is idle. No, God says your words matter. Your words will determine the outcome. He says, right, right there in the word, they will give account of it in the day of judgment. For by your words, you will be justified. And by your words, you will be condemned. What does that mean? Your words will determine whether you make it in life or you don't make it in life. Your words and the words that are spoken over your life, including the words that are spoken over your life from the scriptures. Remember what Jesus said, you are clean by the words that have spoken to you. His words cleansed them. They didn't know. They were not aware that his words were, the words were watching them clean. They had no idea. Words matter. Words spoken over your life matters. It depends on the ones speaking over your life as well. They will have outcome. Whether you succeed or fail depends on your world. Justified or condemned depends on our words. So we must be very careful. You know, when you are born, you learn how to speak, right? Now we have been born again, we must learn how to talk. You can't speak the way you were speaking before you got the born again experience. If you are a child of God, the Bible says you are a newborn babe, right? So desire the sincere milk of the word so you can grow talking right from the word. Because if you talk wrongly, it's going to affect your life. It's going to affect your family. It's going to affect your children. It's going to affect the generations after that. Depending on the words that come out of your mouth. By your words, you are justified. By your words, you are condemned. Your words matter. Proverbs chapter two, 6 verse 2 tells us this. You are snared by the, the words of your mouth. If there is anything that's holding you back, he's saying, if you want to, don't look for enemies anywhere. You are your worst enemy. I'm speaking to myself as well. It's, you are snared by the words of your mouth. You are holding yourself. No one is holding you back. Your words are holding you back. What you are saying is creating unbelief in you and holding you back. Your words, are, they, these are the problems. 
You are snared by the words of your mouth. You are taken by the words of your mouth. Taken it means your words riding you and driving you. Or you are riding on your words. If they are good words, they take you to a good destination. If they are terrible words, that's what you experience. God forbid. Amen? So words really matter. Your words matter. Your words are seed. It will produce. Especially if you keep watering it with the same kind of words. <laughs> it produces. Every word you speak will produce. Especially faith-filled words or fear-filled words. They produce. There is no way you can speak fear-filled words and it won't work. Even if you think you're joking, it works. How many remember Red Fox? This is the big one. This is the, you remember that? This is the big one. Guess what happened? He died on, on the set with the big one. Sorry. Even if it's an idle word, it's not an idle word. You are going to give a kind of it. The word does work. Your word will determine your destiny. Your word determines the outcome in your life. What is spoken over you and what, what you say. What people are saying about you and we're, going, we're coming to that. This is a series. I'm going to talk about this. That I never understood when God said to condemn words that people are speaking over you. I didn't understand what it meant. Now I found that those words mean a lot. These are spirit beings. And, and the words and the vehicle that carries the words. There are just two vehicles. God or the Satan. When you speak the word, remember in the Genesis, he says before God spoke, the spirit of the Lord was, that's the vehicle. And then God said, and then the spirit, he puts it out. But when your words don't line up with the word of God, guess who carried them out? Another vehicle. And it's not pleasant. It's not pleasant. So we got to know how to speak. If you can speak words of God over your children, over your family, instead of all those, these other words, then things will be well. So words do matter. Let me show, uh, tell you how important words, could, words can be. In uh, First Samuel, no, excuse me, Second Samuel chapter 1, I believe, it was verse 21 there, David was, he just heard that um, Saul and Jonathan had been killed. And jo David began to lament over the death of his friend, his brother, Jonathan. And he, he started saying, Oh, ye mountains of Gibor, let there be no rain, nor dew, nor offering, or fields of offering. And he continued lamenting over them. He cursed that mountain. He spoke words upon Mount Gilboa. Let there be no rain or dew. No fields of offering. In other words, nothing good like if in, in the way of harvest will come from you. You are going to stay barren. He's been about 3,000 years. Now, the Jewish people have developed all kinds of ways to grow crops. 
They've, they've experimented with different mountains. They have Mount Moriah. They've, they've, been, they've been very successful in every one of those mountains. Guess where they are not successful? Mount Geboa. They can't grow anything there. It doesn't work for them. Because David spoke. Because David spoke. Words are very important. Your words, they hang around in the air. Amen. They're always there. They're always there. Our lives have been changed by the words of Jesus Christ. By the words of Paul, written for us, spoken. A man's life is fully transformed, born again, saved by words. If somebody would tell me when I, before I became a Christian that my life would be changed, we'll have a big fight. There's no way. I told the fellow who was witnessing to me, you don't know who you're talking to. Uh, I'm one of the real wicked ones, okay? Uh, find some other person to witness to. But he continued. And he stayed with me. And then I started hearing the word. And the word started getting into my life. I didn't know if somebody told me, you are getting converted, I would say, you're lying. I'm just listening to the preacher. Better change my life. The word will change anything. And you were created in his likeness. And so your word are very important as well. Jesus said, whatever you bind, how? Through words. Whatever you bind on earth, he's bound in heaven. And until you bind it, he's never bound in heaven. So your words, even though you say, little me, oh yes, little you, your words matter in the schemes of things in the universe. Your words matter. Your words matter. Joshua did something after they defeated Jericho. Joshua did something that was kind of unusual. You know, the walls of Jericho came down. And after they finished, Joshua decided, I'm going to tell, I'm going to summon every one of you. I don't, I'm not sure if Joshua thought this was going to be something that was going to take a long time. But he didn't want, at that stage, he didn't want that city built. And so he said, you can read in Joshua chapter 6, verse 26. He said, Joshua charged them. He was talking to the people at that time, saying, Cursed be the man. He thought he was talking to the people right before him. Because they were entering into the land. He said, Cursed be the man before the Lord who rises up and builds this city, Jericho. He shall lay his foundation with his firstborn. And with his youngest, he shall set up his gates. You know, Jericho stayed that way for 500 years. If you wanted to hide from civilization, that's the place to go, Jericho. There's a story probably you'll read in, uh, I believe, Second Samuel chapter 10, where there were some, some Jewish people that David sent to, to a king, they cut their, their clothes uh, from this place down, and then they cut their beard up, and David said, stay in Jericho until your beard is fully grown, then you can show yourself to civilization. It was a place to go to hide. Nothing happened for 500 years. And then came a king called Ahab in Samaria, and he was acting silly. He didn't care anything about God. He built 
uh, uh, he built an altar to Baal in Samaria and built it close to his house, groves, everything. And one guy named Ahel decided he was going to build Jericho. That's what we do. We think, well, it's God's word. Ah, he said it long ago. Doesn't matter. I'm going to do it. Let me read to you First Kings chapter 16, verse 34. It says, in his days, that's in the days of Ahab, Ahel of Bethel built Jericho. He laid the foundations with Abiram, his son. His firstborn, just like Joshua said. And with his youngest son, Shakub, he set up his gates, according to the word of the Lord, which he had spoken through Joshua, the son of Nun. It was 500 years later. And I'm thinking the guy, if you know, they, oh well, they, my son was sick, had nothing to do with what Joshua said. That's what we're saying. My son was sick. His firstborn died when he had the foundation. Well, that's, that's okay. Abiram just died because uh, he was sick. And then when he laid the, the, when he put up the gate, his son died. Jacob died. Again. And the Bible says it was according to the words of uh, Joshua. 500 years later. This happened. Now let me tell you this. For those two boys, if you take them to the doctor, uh, what do they call it, autopsy? You want to check why they die? Oh, you'll find why they die. You'll find whatever killed them. You're going to find something that killed them. But that's why, because we don't have understanding. We think it's all natural. And the doctors will say, this has nothing to do with Joshua's words. Look, we've found the secret scientifically. This is why this child died. But in the mind of God and those who have faith, they know it was because of the words of Joshua. It has nothing to do with science. Words can kill. Words can kill. It's always a war of words. I'd like to take you to the story, which is the real, which really illustrates it very clearly, the story of David and Goliath. David and Goliath. And I'm going to read from uh, 1 Samuel chapter 17, uh, going through uh, from 42 to 46. It says, and when the Philistine looked about and saw David, he disdained him, for he was only a youth, ruddy and good-looking. So the Philistine said to David, am I a dog that you come to me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his God. He cursed David by his God. And the Philistine said to David, Come to me. So after cursing him with his gods, they have five gods in the land of Philistines, five of them. So he cursed them with every one of them. He cursed David with every one of them. This curse really got a stick. So he cursed him with all of, the, all of his gods. Cursed him with them. 
And then he said, come, me, come to me, and I will give your flesh to the birds of the air and the beasts of the field. Then David said to the Philistines, why don't they just go ahead and fight? He says, talk first. They got to talk. He's the war of words. They got to talk first. So David was speaking to him. David said to the Philistines, you come to me with a sword, with a spear, and with a javelin. But I, can, I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied this day. The Lord will, notice not David, who will deliver him? The Lord will deliver you into my hand. And I w-. then he began to tell him what, he was, what, what was going to happen to him before it happened. This is what's going to happen to you. And listen, man, this is what's going to happen to you. I will strike you and take your head from you. And this day I will give the carcasses of the camp of the Philistines to the birds of the air and the uh, wild beasts of the earth that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. You know, Goliath was about nine feet tall. Nine feet tall. He had other brothers, I think five of them, together in the family. They were all giants like himself. He could get any of his brothers to take care of this little kid. And he despised David. He was experienced in warfare. He knew how to fight. You think he disdained him. Why call on God when you can just walk up to the guy and take him out? Why call on your gods? Why curse him in the name of your gods when you can just physically go and get the little boy and take care of him? But he called on his God. And David also called on his God. That's where Christians are missing it. That's where we're missing it. When things get comfortable for us, guess what we do? We don't call on him anymore. We don't call on him anymore. I heard a story. It's amazing what's happening to Christians. When things, get, when things are difficult, they call on him. But when things get better... They don't have time for him anymore. They don't call on him anymore. That's what's killing us. It's really causing us a lot of trouble. They don't have time for him anymore. I heard this story about this Muslim guy. They have hours where they pray, you know, when they pray. I think five times a day they pray. And this guy, he was, he was in a transaction that would bring a lot of money to him. And the hour came for them to pray. And he said to the fellow, uh, you come back later after the hour of prayer. The guy said, we don't want to do that. You, let's finish this. He said, no, I, I have to pray. I can't finish this transaction now. And then you come later. And the guy said, now listen, if you don't do it now, then I've got to find something else. He said, well, if you, don't, if you can't come later, then Allah doesn't want me to have the money. You can go with your money. Guess what Christians will say? <laughs> The blessings have come. <laughs> Pastor says to leave that for prayer meetings. Are you serious? 
a million dollars here. I'll pray later. Okay, I'll pray later. I'm not going to do that. Did you hear what pastor said to do? I was cutting a deal that I've been working for for these five months. And right at the time that I was going to get, pastor said to come and pray. Who kind of pastor is that? I'm not going back to that church. That's what's happening to Christians. When things get good for them, things get better for them, they forget God. And that's what's happening with a lot of Christian business people. Goliath can call on his God, even though he knew he had the strength and the ability to do what he had to do. He had been trained, yet he was depending on his God. And spoke words so that the vehicle, his God, can carry these words to do damage to the fellow that he could take physically and destroy. So we get it all wrong because we are not leaning, we are leaning on our own understanding. We are not leaning on God anymore. Christian businessmen, when things are difficult, what they do in church, they are always there. They come to church regularly, worship God as they are believing God for their business to do well. And they talk to pastor, pray for me, it's, it's okay. And they pay their tithes regularly. And then God begins to bless them. And pastor says, am I going to see you in church tonight? He says, well, I'm really busy, pastor. I'm telling you, I'm really busy. God's blessing me a lot. I'm, I'm busy. Several Sundays go, he's not there. Pastor says, I haven't seen you in two weeks. Yes, pastor, God's blessing me. And I'm busy. And they actually stop paying their tithes because they're never in the house of God. They don't depend on God. They're depending on their own ability. When you begin to mess with the foundation that puts you up, you're going to come down. You're going to come down. You know, Christians must remember this. God is slow to anger. He's very slow to anger. The goodness of the Lord is what leads to repentance. His patience, his goodness, is what leads us to repentance. Just because you are still doing well while you are not doing what God wants you to do, doesn't mean he doesn't see it. He's slow to anger. And if you don't stop, a day comes. And I'm saying Christian people, they're doing well, and then all of a sudden, everything is turned the other way. Because I tell you, when, when you open that door for Satan to come in, read about Job. When God gave him just once in one day, just one incident in your life, Satan will bring you right from where you are, bring you right down, where you are almost begging. He's, he can do that. He did that with Job. We must never forget the vehicle that carries our words, especially the word of God. Don't forget your roots. Don't forget the foundation. If the foundation be broken, what can the righteous do? The scripture says. So don't forget your foundation. But notice in this case, it was a war of words. 
even before the battle was joined. It was worse. The Philistines saying what he believes his God would do to David, and David saying what his God would do to him. And then after they've spoken, they've given the word, then they joined the battle. So your words are very important. Words are very important. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. And if you love it, you will eat the fruit thereof. There are a lot of scriptures. I'm going to go, as we go on this series, because I'm going to close right now. A lot of things I want to show to you from the Word of God. If you're here this morning, I ask you please come back. Don't, this is very important. Because our, our faith is faith that deals with the Word. Just Word. You can read in Second Corinthians chapter 4, verse 13. We have the same spirit of faith. I believe, therefore, I have spoken. So your words are very important. We need to know what to speak. What we do, our lives good. Say those words. Say those words. I read from Isaiah chapter 54, beginning from verse 13. All your children shall be taught of God. And great shall be the peace of your children. So I speak those words so the Holy Spirit can carry the vehicle for those words so my children can have peace. That's what the word says. He says, in righteousness you shall be established. God will establish you in righteousness. Oppression will be far from you. That's what I say. God, you have established me in righteousness. I cannot be oppressed. Those are words to say, lining up with the word of God. My children cannot be oppressed. My family cannot be oppressed. The Lord is my shepherd. Those are the words so that the Holy Spirit will carry the vehicles. We'll come into some of these things. You, O Lord, are the strength of my life. This is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. When you're feeling a little bit of oppression, you say those words. Because you believe God will take care of your day. And don't ask Sabbath says, I don't feel good today. I really don't feel good. It seems like the day is going to be a terrible day. You've spoken it and the vehicle is coming to you. To give you those words. So your prophecy can be fulfilled. But we say good words. Amen? We say good words in His name. Bow your heads with me this morning. The first place to go is to commit everything to the Lord. Notice what we, what we said from Isaiah 50, 50 verse 4. The Lord has given me the tongue of the learned. Until you give your life to Christ, He cannot give you the tongue of the learned. You were not born with the tongue of the learned. This is divine tongue from heaven. And God wants to deliver that to you this morning. But what you need is to accept Jesus Christ. Embrace Him. Take Him into your life. Because God gave him to us. Amen? 
God's giving Jesus to you this morning. If you have not opened your arms to welcome him into your life, would you reject him or would you turn him away? Or would you open your arms and say, Lord Jesus, I want you in my life. I want you in my life. All heads bowed. All eyes closed, please. Be reverent at this very moment. It's very important. God is here with us because he promised he's going to be here. And he sees everything that's happening now. And he hears everything. Don't look to your mates. Don't look to the one sitting by you. It's between you and your God. God has no grandchildren. It's you and your God. You say this morning, God, I, Jesus Christ, I want you in my life. I'm going to embrace you. I want to take you in. God gave you to me, and right now I'm opening my arms, and I'm embracing you and bringing you into my life. Doesn't matter where you are, doesn't matter how sinful you've been, God, Jesus will come to you if you will welcome him. You're here at the count of three. All you need to do is put your hand up and say, yes, I need that Jesus, Pastor, and I need you to pray for me. I want him in my life. One, two, three. Put your hand up quickly. Put your hand up. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That's so important. Thank you. I see those hands. Thank you. We give God praise. Thank you, madam. I see that, see that hand. Wonderful. Wonderful. I'm going to let you know, because you did that today, you honored God. And he saw your hand. And heaven is pleased with you. No matter what you've done in the past, heaven is pleased with you. All I need you to do is when the offering basket uh, bucket comes by, check on where it says my decision on your connection card that you received. Let me know your decision because I take them down and I'm praying for you so that God can work in your life. Don't forget to do that. You are making a statement by doing that. How many know words don't don't have to come from the lips? You can write words down. Amen? And they'll say your words. When you check that place, you are saying, God, these are my words. I'm with your son now. And he will recognize it. So do that with uh, the um, connection card and put it in the offering basket. Let's pray together. Let's receive our Lord Jesus Christ together. Amen? I don't mind receiving him. He's already in my life. I still want to welcome more of him. Amen? The more of him, I want more of Jesus in my life. Say with me, Lord Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. Lord, I ask for forgiveness. Today, consciously, I accept you into my life as my Lord and Savior. Let heaven bear witness. Let earth bear witness that this very day I embrace Jesus as the Lord and Savior of my life. Thank you, Lord, for saving me in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's clap, put our hands together. Give the Lord a clap offering. And if you said that prayer, God heard you. And your name is in the book of life. All you need to do is let us teach you from the word of God how to get to know your father. How many people know we've been in school and we've been taught how to survive on the earth, right? We go, some of us, for 12 years to learn how to survive here. Well, you need to know how to survive and know your God. And this is the place. We'll teach you and help you to know God. Amen? Amen. We're going to receive our offering right now. I came ready.
It's because of your offering that we are able to go all over Africa preaching the gospel. Amen? What, we just, what you just heard this morning is going to be on television. They are going to be hearing it in Kenya, in uh, Zimbabwe. Yes, that's one country there. Nigeria, Ghana, all of those countries, they're going to be hearing the word. Because Aaron is going to put them together. Where is Aaron? He's been commanded to do that. No. 